0: But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now.
1: Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's deliberately teaching his kids the wrong things. Here's Richard Herring. Hello, Leicester Square! Yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to Rich Holmes, Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Though I was talking to Stretch Armstrong. The other guy is so fucking hard to come up with these. <laughs> that is the laziest one I've ever done. Remember Stretch Armstrong? Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait till next week's show. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: he calls it <laughs> Ralph. <Lesterfer. laughs> no good. Uh, yeah I'm delighted I, I, it's kind of fun when you have kids uh, and I've got two kids I don't know if I've mentioned it before uh, and um, to teach them wrong things and uh, I, I think my daughter started calling uh, maple syrup April syrup so we all started calling it April syrup and now they call it April syrup and they don't know makes. <laughs> we had some pancakes at the weekend and my son said pass with the April syrup and at some point they're going to find out that that's not where it's called. but it won't be from me it's called April Syrup of our house for good. And then they'll be, why? Why? Uh, anyway, look, all oh, great news uh, for me. My, um, my book, Would You Rather, is... Uh... Out this, the week of recording, it'll be out on th- uh, Thursday, I think, uh, so if you're listening at home, it's available in book, ebook, and audio book, uh, it means finally I don't have to look at my iPad when I'm asking questions from it, that's what I'm very excited about uh, and uh, to do a uh, crack on to that, uh, you also, uh, I, I, nothing's happened to me this week because I've been working, uh, so I'm going to just give you some information, wait till next week's show, I tell you, it's going to be, I hope something happens between now and next week's show. Uh, at, uh there's a new on twitter uh, which is working at the moment ladies and gentlemen that's topical humor for people in the future if facebook still isn't working when this podcast comes out oh dear that's good that's, that'll be bad um uh, there's a new emergency question bot it's called at emergency q bot uh, and you can just say hello to it and it will ask you an emergency question randomly from the book so uh do enjoy that if you can. Thanks to Rob Manuel for sorting that out. Um, and I think I forgot to say this. like We went to see Matilda the uh, couple of weekends ago. A fantastic musical by former guest, uh, Tim Minchin. He's been on a couple of times. Um, it's a brilliant musical. Uh, my kids love it. We've been uh, singing the songs, uh, playing the soundtrack. My uh, daughter loves the bit where the bloke goes, I can't find his franken beans. That's the... Um, <laughs> So she's developed a childish sense of humour. I don't know where she got it from. Uh, but when we were at St. Matilda, my son he can't really sit down and concentrate. Uh, he's four years old tomorrow. Uh, and um, he, uh, he, was, he was, wasn't really paying much attention. It was hard to control him. But there's a beautiful song called when I, when I Grow Up. I don't know if you know this musical. It's really, it makes me cry every time I hear it. It's beautiful. It's kids' kid scene. When I grow up, I'll, I'm going to eat sweets every day on the way to work and stuff. It's quite sweet. Uh, And they said the kids sing it and then the teacher gets on the swing and she starts singing it as well. And it's sort of a, it's a a beautiful thing that a grown-up still feels like they haven't grown up. It's quite a beautiful moving message. And she said, well, I grow up. And my son shouted out, you're already grown up. (laughs) It's good. He got a good laugh. (laughs) He's made a big audience of people. More people in that audience than there have been in my audiences. He's made them laugh. Anyway, um, do buy my... Uh, would you rise The perfect... I'd say it's the perfect Christmas gift. It's for anyone aged 6 to 106, it says on the front, but no one outside of those parameters, please. So do not give it to a 5-year-old. And do not give it to a 107-year-old. You can give it to a 106-year-old, but the minute the 107... Slap it out of their hands! Right, so let's crack on. We've got a fantastic guest this week. Uh, she is probably best known for her appearance on the Canadian TV show Electric Circus. That's why we are here uh, to see it. Will you please welcome the amazing Catherine Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Catherine Ryan, welcome back.
3: Hi, thank you so much for having me on one of my favourite podcasts.
0: Hooray, well, you know, you're you're, uh, doing a fantastic podcast of your own and unbelievable on your own.
3: Is it unbelievable that I'm doing it on my? Well, own? Well, like, I think
0: it's you know it, I, as people may know, I do a couple of podcasts where I talk witter on to myself, and yeah. it's quite hard to do that if you haven't got some stones to talk about. So
3: I don't think it's hard if you are a narcissist. Maybe we maybe it just means we're bad. Maybe you shouldn't you, be talk to yourself for that long. I
0: know it's kind of it's tricky, but then once you overcome that. That feeling of this is a bit weird. I think you know it's very it's it's a lovely as the as the book is that we'll come to uh the Audacity, it's it's you know, there's a sort of self help thing behind there in terms of yeah. you are this guru of living of living life to the full.
3: Uh, yeah. And you know, I think having a podcast where you speak all by yourself without guests is like being friends with muggles. <laughs> Have you got any friends like now that I'm married? My husband has some friends that I'm like, here we fucking go. Okay, <laughs> let me steer this ship. And you just have to talk the whole dinner because they're such muggles.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't really see anyone else outside of my yeah. family now, so it's, uh, it's fine. Uh, I, won't, I won't talk about the people in my village. They're all lovely. So uh, it's, And they listen to the podcast and they're all... Great. So, um, so they're all, of them. <laughs> um, but uh, what? So, Electric Circus was uh, was your, was that your first TV appearance?
3: It was, and such a wild crossover. We had a television channel in Canada that was called Much Music. This is before we had MTV, and there was a show where they would play popular music videos. You know how television just shows you music, and then they would cut to a studio where young dancers were just gyrating on podiums this high. I mean, I say podium. It would just be one of these. Okay. Um, it was fully kitted out in Ikea. And we'd stand <laughs> up there and just dance around. And then we knew across Canada that that was the show that young men would wank to because they can't watch porn, but that's pretty close yep. in the like turn of the century. Yeah. But such a weird uh, coincidence. Do you know who also danced on Electric Circus in Canada? I don't. Marcus Brigstock.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I knew he'd done podium dancing. I didn't know it was on that. Show. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> With a lot of people wanking to Marcus Brigstock. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky wank, that is all I'm saying, Marcus Brigstock. He's a
3: beautiful Canadian
0: woman. <laughs> oh, good. Well, yes, yeah, so that's what. Well, look, I found that information out in your book, yeah. uh, which is called. Audacity it's quite as you tell you you know you, audacity is seen as being quite a negative thing, but it's kind of weird, because the word audacious it seems like quite positive to me in fact, it wasn't until the, you start discussing audacity, I sort of realized they were the same word
3: yeah, <laughs> you
0: know what I mean
3: it's used, I think, to shrink. Women specifically, like lots of uh, language and culture. They're like, oh, the audacity of that girl. And I was just a very audacious child. It just means to be confident and self-assured to a level that some people find rude. But I don't (laughs) feel like it is rude because I'm kind and thoughtful and generous. But I'm also audacious and it can be a good thing. And I think a lot of people, I didn't realize how much audacity people could use in their lives. But they can use a lot
0: well, I think I think especially here in the United Kingdom, oh, I think yeah. we 're very, very bad at being confident, very bad about you know what we would say would be showing off. I think having an opinion is almost you know before before the social media came along at least is almost an, an offensive thing for anyone in in the united kingdom
3: it is yeah. but you 're very Canadian as well. We apologize, yeah, and we want people to like us and we want to be understood and we want to be fair. And I think you can, that, those are all good things, but you don't have to compromise yourself in doing that. No.
0: But that's, it sort of feel. I mean, it's sort of written slightly like a self-help book in terms of how to do, each chapter is how to do this, how to do that, but it's, right. it's taking us really through your life and the things that you've done. But uh, it is, it does feel, I was saying to you backstage, there's a chapter where you talk, very. it's very, very honest, okay, mm-hmm. to the extent that there's a chapter about your family and a member of your family and that, and, I was I was listening to the audio book, I was thinking, wow, this is you know, this is going into a lot of personal detail about quite a specific thing and a family thing. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, is this a step too far? But then actually it's it's a it's a very important point you're making, I think, and I presume this is why you wanted to share it, in terms of how um You know, if there's someone in your life who's toxic or someone in your life who's who's not being pleasant to you, you are able to cut them out of your life, which you've done to this family member.
3: Right. I talk about a problematic auntie who uh, I think there's alcoholism woven through my family. And the reason I wrote that chapter, I mean for other people dealing with a similar situation where there's a difference between walking away lovingly and giving up and it doesn't have to be um, a nasty thing and I'm very nice about that auntie in that chapter I say lovely things about her so I don't think it's mean at all it's just like oh this doesn't work for me I don't have the tools to deal with this I have to walk away I, I wrote it also for my sisters and my mother because I feel like they continue to normalize behavior that is really hurting them, yeah. And they can walk away like I did and with love and light and generosity and go, I hope it all works out for you, but I don't want to be yelled at at Christmas again,
0: yeah. I think, but it, again, I think that's something that's yeah, so that's a very difficult lesson to learn. And I think what I like about the book and what I like about you, I suppose, because <laughs> it's, it's very don't laugh, fun. do you like me or not? <laughs> what I like about you is, well, it's that you know, you're very honest about your own mistakes as well, and, yeah. and, and, and even. Uh, throughout this time, you've always been seemed to be wise. That, you know, uh, your sh- your comments always seem to have a wisdom to it, and I loved your. Uh, you know, I saw your one of your first Edinburgh shows, if not not your first Edinburgh show. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was you know it was great straight away. But you you know you would also make ridiculous life decisions <laughs> that confounded <laughs> people you knew and uh, yeah. uh, and you know. But you, because you talk about that honestly, and because you're honest about your own mistakes, I think it's. It's, you know, it's, it's that growing, isn't it? And I think that's, that, that's what I kind of got from that chapter, was, you know, I have a similar situation. You kind of think, uh, you just make a decision to go, okay, this isn't my problem anymore, and, you know, that's, it, it's okay to walk away from something and go and say, that's the end of it.
3: Right, and I think people get caught up in either investment, people will stay in a bad relationship because they'll go, but I've invested two years. And that's the same that sitting at an unnamed local casino and putting lots of quarters in and never getting up because you go, but I've put all these quarters in, I've put all these quarters in, but the house always wins. So you gotta get up and walk away and not worry that the next person to sit down is going to have this jackpot. There is no jackpot. It's a losing game. And I stayed in a lot of relationships. I'm just unpacking I think when you're thirties you start to understand more about your life. And I would love I I know that a lot of young women specifically um, listen to me for some reason. So I would love to remove the threat of them making some of those mistakes if I can.
0: But in a way, do you feel you have to go through those mistakes? Because it's... No. You know, the, the, I mean, some of them, the relationships mistakes... The, you know, I look at that and I, I look at your life and I look at my life in my 30s and I made, you know, I made some bizarre choices about who I decided to...
3: Like what? Tell me well, some I, well, them. You
0: know, but I... I I went out with people who just weren't that nice to me Mm. and, um, you know, and it was sort of exciting. It's the same thing. I think your examples are (laughs) worse than mine. I didn't ever feel, you know... Go
3: on. What's your example? I didn't
0: ever feel in danger, which I think you... I don't know if you say you feel in danger, but you should have felt in danger. Uh, And, and, you know, but I definitely... I certainly had one or two girlfriends where they were, you know, we we were both crazy. And I, I think... As you get older you also realise, oh they were crazy and you go, oh no, I was also absolutely crazy and that's why we were together because we sort of enjoyed the the drama and the madness of what we were creating. But it's, I think it's it's sort of that realisation as you get through, you you sort of have to do it to get through it. Those relationships I had that were bad, I kind of, the worst one sort of made me realise what I had to do next, you know. Yeah. Which I suppose is just about the case for you as but well.
3: wouldn't it be nice if your kids and my kids would just listen to us and <laughs> skip that whole t- you know tricky time yeah because I, I just think no i didn't need to make those mistakes i should have just listened but i wouldn't listen to my mother who's very wise who um has a half hour bonus track on the audiobook for some reason it's astonishing but yeah like- did you listen to her yeah, yeah i did i listened to she's <laughs> nuts but, but in a not, good
0: way. She's nuts and but great. But also what I love about it is uh, a woman like that would never really get the opportunity to do a half hour little book of her life. Yeah. And you've given her that opportunity and she's very eloquent and she's there's great. lots of wisdom in there and it's funny and it's great when she's swearing.
3: Yeah. She, she says things like, and the way that I um, do an impression of my mother is spot on. I love it. Um, her voice She's like, do you know? She'll give these little wisdoms. She'll be like, I have a spreadsheet of risk assessment for my daughter's boyfriends. And then she'll say, being a good guy, no points. (laughs) Going to work and doing your job, no points. And then she'll say at the end, uh, what was it? Oh, I deserve a lot more credit for not telling people to fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Just so funny. Uh, Yeah, I wanted her on it because she gave me... This book growing up, but I didn't listen because she was my mom, yep. and so uh, I think I'm kind of a bridge between like people and their moms. I'm like I'm a problematic auntie. People should really cut me <laughs> off, but they don't. <laughs> and it, maybe they'll listen. And even and and this advice is not for just young people. It is also for my own mom. My mom uh, puts up with a lot of stuff that <laughs> she shouldn't, and she. Made a lot of sacrifices and made a lot of compromises and continues to do so. And I wish that she hadn't, for her own like fulfillment. Yeah.
0: Well, but that's I guess that's the interesting interesting balance. And as you, as a person as well, because it is this ballsy. I'll do what I want and I'll say what I want. But you are so helpful within the comedy community and you're so invested in the comedy community yeah. and you you're you're giving a lot to, especially to female comedians i think but that's that's
3: i mean not anymore i haven't seen anyone in 2 years <laughs> i feel really bad i don't even know if they're my friends anymore
0: <laughs> i'm sure they do are. you
3: feel like that
0: well you know it's not much different to my life <laughs> before and after to me I, <laughs> I live in the countryside yeah. i'm happy to stay at home <laughs> Uh, and so I didn't. Until my wife told me six months into lockdown, there was a lockdown. I hadn't noticed it. <laughs> um, it's, it was a shame not to be able to come here, but I still managed to yeah. do my my podcast despite it. Um, this is
3: nice, though, isn't it? Being out again,
0: yeah.
3: Uh, and you don't even have masks on. How liberating! <laughs> it's
0: fun. Um, I you know I think I supp- and I think I suppose. The thing you're saying there about telling people—if you could go back and tell Catherine Ryan a couple of the relationships you're in, you shouldn't be in this relationship. But especially, I think especially for women, that's even more true. And there's a there's a there's a there's a a chapter in your book about a friend of yours you worked with who was uh, was killed by her partner as well. So it's that's what's sort of surprising to me that you sort of you witnessed that and had the horror of that. I mean, not witnessed it, but you were you know you, you were there when it happened. You weren't there when it happened. but
3: <laughs> When it unfolded. Yeah. Uh,
0: but But still kind of made, you sort of still went for the bad boy, you know, for the, not even bad boys, just grotty, nasty.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like whatever you seek, you shall find. And I decided very early on through whatever experiences in my life that I thought men could be quite dangerous. Yeah. And, you know, topically, I think it's a tricky subject, but it's difficult for us because we don't, I don't know. I know that women aren't perfect, but there's this weird violence thing that we don't get the same way. You know what I mean? Mm. I, like, not to be too dark on the podcast, but like 60 women were strangled by men this year while having sex. Zero men were strangled by women having sex. Like, it's it's just a, a thing that we are... Uh, oh, Caitlin Moran described it really beautifully. She said sometimes it's like living on a planet of bears. And you go, oh, these there are nice bears, and these bears are adorable, and I like bears. I don't wish any harm to bears, but they're bears. Um, so I decided that really early on, and then because anything that happens when you're very young writes on the canvas of who you are. Yeah. So this trauma of knowing the murderer who killed my friend, and my friend just innocently tried to break up with someone, and, and it ended her life quite violently, that I, I just, I think I decided they were dangerous, and then I met ones that were uh diabolical at best and it took me a long time to go you don't have to find them and rescue them and fix that and you yeah. don't have to do that you don't have to win them sure. over and now i have a lovely husband and the book isn't all you know doom and gloom no but um yeah I, it's a it's a conversation that whole that whole violence thing is a conversation that is too um uh, delicate for me to have, you know? I don't no, know. I
0: know, but, yeah, it's just, it's sort of you, just you, sort of the realisation of it, and then those choices. It is lovely that you've, you know, the way you you met your husband, well, re-met your husband, mm. so your husband was your childhood sweet, one of your childhood sweethearts, or your childhood sweetheart, and, um, and and actually, you met him through Who Do You Think You Are? You're going, going back to Canada to, to record that and meeting up with him yeah. through that, which is quite interesting. You know, and then you've had a baby together. I just find that quite interesting that Who Do You Think You Are has kind of created a new generation yeah. beyond. That's not ever happened, has it? Where it's got no. to stick a little thing... On yeah. the, li- it's got to put a oh, line yeah. saying, and because of this show, there is now another human being.
3: And you don't often want to have kids with someone you meet on an ancestry program. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, so it's, but that's that's it's a lovely story to 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 reconnect in that way. Yeah, and was it? Did it just feel? It seemed to happen very fast, and it's, but it just, and it wasn't something. I mean, I think you said you'd talked on social media a little bit, or been aware of each other on social media a little bit, so there'd been a little bit of.
3: When you're from a small town, there's an awareness of the people you went to school with. But we didn't talk. We certainly didn't speak for 20 years. No. And I didn't want to be with anyone. I'd finally liberated myself from this cycle of dating the wrong people and uh, holding on to them because I thought the worse it got. I thought, well, if I fix it, then I'm not this failure and everyone will be really proud of me and I'll I'll fix this. So then I finally abandoned all that. I was alone. I really wanted to be alone. And I was working too much anyway to ever meet anyone. So that was fine. That was great. And I went to Canada, flew there. I was with my sister all day filming. And then she said, let's go for drinks. And I was like, never, because I'm very professional and I had to (laughs) film in the morning. But I went anyway. And then my high school boyfriend, not one of my childhood sweethearts, like my childhood sweetheart, before anything bad had ever happened to me. You know what I mean? Before I had learned any uh, bad habits or been traumatized by anything, he was my boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, he walked into the bar and he looked hot. And I just loved him. It wasn't just that he looked hot. I just loved him. I always loved him. And then I decided to bang him for a laugh. (laughs) For a laugh. Um, That's why everyone likes Canadian girls. What do you do for a laugh? Karaoke? I'll suck your dick at my mom's house. Um, We both, like, we just got on. We we just had a chat. And then I thought it would be funny. And he thought it would be funny, I guess. (laughs) Yeah i guess (laughs) and then we were married like six or seven months later because i just couldn't be without him all of a sudden i was like oh no i need to be in this relationship oh well because then i had to rebrand in a pandemic yeah as a married person yeah so we'll see how that tour goes
0: (laughs) but that's you know it's that's it's nice within the context of the book as well to for you to to find this perfect relationship and to to be happy and to find this guy who really sounds like a, a yeah. properly good guy. You'd like him, he's really. Yeah, nice. no, he, he definitely <laughs> does seem. Uh, so uh, I mean, that sounds like he isn't it. <laughs> he definitely seems it, but he's a man. So, you know, he's going to turn out badly. We'll find out in a year. <laughs> yeah.
3: Because he's so handsome that everyone who loved me suspected foul play. Right. And because of all the, my bad decisions, everyone was like, "Here, oh, what's this one got going on? <laughs> and so, um, uh, every, like, my sister hired a private detective. Right. And my agent made me get a prenup. And so the prenup is, like, rock solid for three years. Right. And then starts to be holes in it. Okay. So if he still likes me in a year, then he likes me. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's good to know. It's a beautiful story. And do you think we should do think we should all go back to our first boyfriends and girlfriends and, and give that a try? Do you think that would work for everyone?
3: I think people have fantasies about that.
0: Yeah, to, for sure. I mean... Uh, uh, <laughs> well, it took me a long time to get over my first girlfriend, but I never... <laughs> but we would... Like I've thought, i did it, I talked about this in a show in The, the Headmaster's Son, in, but I never had sex with her. In, so we was, we, I went out for two years and, you know, between 16 and 18 and she was a couple of years younger than me. So it was a very innocent relationship, really. Mm. But then it was, because it was, I just, my parents met when they were 14 and they're still together. So they've been together for 72 wow. years. Wow, what? <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, so I sort of assumed that would be the same for me. So it was a, bit, it was a big thing when it went wrong, when it didn't work out. Yeah. But then also you sort of. I, I just wish I'd I'd banged it really. Yeah. And I think that would have that would have sorted it all out.
3: What's her name? Once Instagram starts working.
0: <laughs> if you're listening,
3: Sean. Oh, she was Welsh.
0: Well, her family were Welsh, yeah, yeah. She, I mean, yeah, she was, she was. Nice. Yeah.
3: I'm sure she's still around. Katie yeah. would be up for it. You, you know. think so? Yeah. It's like a bucket list thing.
0: It's different, but then when you haven't seen someone for a long time, so I don't that, that's like my memory of her is like I saw sort of last saw her when she's probably about twenty-five, mm. so like it'd be quite a shock now to see her and she's like fifty-two years. old. I can't, I can't get my head. That would make me have to accept some things about myself, right? That, that I'm fifty-four. <laughs> it'd be quite a shock to see her now. I think.
3: No, I liked it. I liked when I saw Bobby. He has like gray hair. And his, he had, you know, you know how men get like wizened and it looks sexy on them from like Mm. sun damage. So I've heard. Yeah, it's not fair. (laughs) And then I, I mean, I don't even know if he knows it's me. I've had so much work to, (laughs) no, but I liked him looking older. I liked it a lot. And that was cool to be like, oh, I don't fancy 16 year olds. (laughs) (laughs) I fancy him as a 30, how old was he? Five when we met.
0: And there's lots of fun. There's a very funny uh, chapter about celebrities and and the nature of celebrity and various celebrity encounters you've had. My favourite, which I think was you trying to pull Stephen Hawking. Yeah. (laughs) And and failing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you try? I've seen the film about him. I know he's a ladies' man, Richard. Yeah, I do know it. I was single. You know I have a penchant for the problematic man. (laughs) And I saw him at a party, and I was chatting him up. Of course I was, because he's a genius. And he was chatting to me, and he was really nice. He loves comedy. I'm sure he really loves you. He loves, like, (laughs) smart comedy. And then all of a sudden, he went a bit quiet, and I was like, okay. And his assistant said, I'm very sorry. Professor Hawking's tablet has run out of battery, so he can't talk to you anymore. (laughs) And I thought, oh, I know when I'm being blown off. (laughs) and he's a genius so if you had that ability that's what you would say if you didn't want to talk to overzealous young women at parties and then I needed to make sure I was being pied so first I saw him speaking to someone else and I was like hang on and then I searched I went on this real deep dive of how the power wheelchair works how it all works there's a backup battery in the chair for the tablet.
0: What do you mean, of course? Of course. He doesn't fucking... His thing doesn't run out in the middle of a... Oh, I forgot to charge my my iPad. It's Stephen Hawking. It's the only way he can communicate. Oh. Yeah. He completely...
3: I knew it. But so if his chair is moving, then the tablet is charging just the way a, a yeah. car charges yeah. when it moves. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> But I only respected him more. I loved being pied, like blown off by Stephen Hawking. That was cool. How many people can say they have tried to fuck Stephen Hawking and...
0: Got... I, I was once in the same room as him, but I didn't try and get off. I was too shy to talk to him. It's too late now.
3: Maybe you don't have the audacity to admit that you did try to have sex with him. You just say, oh, we were in the same room. I wasn't trying to go on a date with him. Maybe you were. Yeah. I just have the strength to admit it. I don't mind. He wasn't interested. That's okay. He lied about his tablet battery. I'm okay with it.
0: So <laughs> the idea would run out at halfway through a party as well. Oh, should have charged. You'd definitely just have a, a portable battery in there to stick.
3: But what a wonderful man. It's, I a, mean, really
0: it, good, it's a really good way of, of getting rid of people. Though. I
3: know. This is why he's a genius.
0: Yeah. It would it'd be good to have that ability. <laughs> also in that chapter, when you talk... I think we talked about the Hugh Hefner um, uh, mansion before, mm. and you haven't been. But the, the bit that I was interested in was the German man... Oh, yeah. Uh, ..who, as you were, He saw you in the party, and, oh, and he asked if he could fuck you in the ass for sport. Yeah, I don't... Un- <laughs> and that was the thing that I didn't... You know, obviously, you could say, can I fuck you in the ass for sexual gratification? Yeah. For one or both of us
3: what do you think he meant
0: by for sports
3: i don't know fucking this for sports i know those were his words yeah i don't know if it was a language barrier yeah. or i don't know a lot about sports so i didn't know <laughs>
0: i mean i think like some sports can get that way usually after the it's usually in the bath afterwards yeah
3: maybe it was his way of saying you know no strings attached it's okay. a game to me to like ...hunt and uh, have my way with different women at parties. Would yeah. you like to do that? I don't know. I just remember he just said it. He just came out and said I mean, it.
0: If you do that, don't go straight for the act. Don't go, yeah, exactly. f- say, can I kiss you and then fuck for sport. you? in yes, yeah. <laughs> <for> the <sports. laughs> Little kiss.
3: Yeah, but I mean, I, go- I went through all these... Um, I'm obviously a feminist. I know you- that you are as well. But on my journey as a young woman... ...growing up at a very specific time and culture... When virginity was fetishized and Britney Spears was, you know, thick, sexy by accident. We didn't understand about all the mechanisms uh, controlling her life. Um, I really thought that the best thing that you could be was soft and pretty and sweet. And I wanted to do things like go to the Playboy Mansion. And I wanted to be the type of woman that was likable. And I wanted to go on these adventures. And there's darkness and there's light in them. You know, that German man said that to me, but I was still... No thanks. All right. Like I just kept it moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was quite resilient and also um, just ignorant to some of the darkness around me. I think I was just
0: well. And I like the fact you're very open about everything, which I like. But I also like the fact that you kind of admit you're very you're very vanilla in your sexual taste. So vanilla. Yeah, which I, which is quite a rare thing for people. I I think I am very vanilla. Yeah. In my sexual tastes as well. And it's it's quite a rare thing to have people talk about because it's also especially again for women because i think it's like if you're talking about sex it's going to be oh you know so it's it's a very positive thing and i think it's very positive that you again talk about your mistakes in the book you talk about your mistakes that you've made or things that are judged as mistakes in comedy that aren't necessarily mistakes but you will talk about the the the, you know all all those things that have happened. i think and it is sort of weird and you do talk about this as well that people are being judged by things that they said on a twitter feed 15 years ago and and then that attitude of people wanting to just destroy you over that as well it's not even like do do you are you going to apologize for it or will you apologize for it what do you think it's like you've said that and that's this this lack of forgiveness is sort of weird i think isn't it
3: it's ruthless and it's so fascinating having a 12 year old you've been famous a long time how come you haven't been cancelled yeah you must have said some spicy things 10 years ago, 20 years ago, yeah. it's impossible not to have because we lived in a different ecosystem of what was acceptable and what we thought was funny and we didn't know. And I love this uh, bit that Neil Brennan has, you know, the American comedian, yes. Neil Brennan? And I won't do the bit at you, but the, the like, idea of it is someone comes up to LeBron James with a photograph of him when he was seven years old and they're livid, and they go, is this you? And he's like, what? Yeah. And he goes, is this you? Well, why don't you look like this? And LeBron's like, I've grown, and he's like angry that he doesn't look like this picture of himself yeah. when he was seven. And I think cancel culture, whatever you want to call it, and this does not include, you know, Harvey Weinstein being dragged out of the industry and accountability, of course. But I'm talking about why did you say this word in 2003, and why did you not know? Why were you not clairvoyant in your comedy? Everything we do now is not going to be acceptable in 10 years. But I feel like when when I was taught how to be. Uh, kind, it was, don't say this because it might hurt someone. And I go, oh, okay, well, I don't want to hurt someone. Yeah. And now I feel like the, um, the whatever you want to call them, this brigade of exposing people, they want to hurt someone. They don't just want growth and evolution and accountability. They really want to hurt someone sometimes. Yeah. And that's the opposite of what it started out as. You know, when people go, you're like a woke lefty, I go, yeah, and the, I think I'm not. I think that that has outgrown me. That's a whole other beast of itself. Yeah. This uh But I book.
0: guess I, know, I suppose what's it? I think the our mistakes our mistakes define us and our mistakes are the way we learn as we go yeah. along. And so like you you can't get to 35, 36, 37, 54 without having made a, a loads of mistakes and errors. And that's why I just the the that the, that idea that oh, you did something wrong. You have to, you know, what? And you never, you're going to say you've never done anything wrong and you never will do anything wrong. You'll never make a mistake. You'll never say the wrong thing, (laughs) especially if it's, if if tastes change and the, you know. So it's,
3: yeah. With kids, with like living with a 12 year old, um, everything they do is documented. And so they do live in fear of being exposed themselves. Yeah. And I think that's why they go uh, looking outward and they try to expose first. A lot of them. I mean, I might not have it sussed 100%, but that's how it seems to me. It's well, really that's weird.
0: good. But they, yeah, they're aware of it, I suppose, which we, even like when Twitter started, Yeah, we weren't really thinking, oh, in 15 years' yeah. time, someone might find this tweet. You think, we'll tweet this and this will disappear into the ether. No one's going to be searching for it and... 15 yeah. years' time to judge it by a standard that we no longer right. judge by. It. Yeah, it's very interesting. Let me ask you a couple of them. I'll ask you a couple of my questions from my new book. Okay. And then we'll go back. There's a many interesting things to talk to you about. The uh, um, Right, let's see. I won't do this. There's, there's some nonsense in here. Some, I absolute, like the nonsense. Okay. Well. It's fun. All right, we'll do this. one. Would you rather have all your teeth fall out and be replaced with the teeth of a Neanderthal man or no. woman? No. Or have your, all your hair fall out and be replaced with the wire from a Brillo pad?
3: I don't wear my real hair professionally anyway. Right. <laughs> I wear wigs. Yeah. I wear wiglets. I wear extensions. Not today. I've come au natural for you. But definitely hair. I love my teeth. Right. I value teeth. I'm not from here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would do anything. Having my teeth fall out is my greatest nightmare.
0: Right. But be replaced with Neanderthal teeth? No. Okay. It's probably the right choice. Though hairs, and it's all your hair. Ha- bodily hair as That's,
3: well. I don't have any other hair but this okay. hair.
0: All right. I know you do talk... You, 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 I, I've heard you talk a lot about yourself through the book and your <laughs> podcast. So I know that you are, you're lasered. You've lasered all your hair off.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: that it really saves time, doesn't it?
3: We could go into that if you want. No, Richard, I'm not very hairy anyway. Okay. Because, like, see this... This is like a toddler's ponytail. I don't have any hair. And you know those people that you see with loads of beautiful, silky, curly, glossy hair? I'm so jealous of them. I think it's so stunning. But then I know they have to shave their legs a lot and wherever else. (laughs) So I never shave my legs. I don't really have a lot of hair. Yes, I have been lasered, but it's not like I'm a Kardashian. Like, it's not coming back.
0: Okay. (laughs) Would you rather be King Stephen or Stephen King? Wow! Do you need any help on knowing who king, what King Stephen did? It's uh, Stephen of Bois. Pardon? Yes, please. Yes, yeah. you do. He <laughs> was Stephen of Bois. He survived the uh, white ship disaster that killed most of the nobility in uh, the thir- 12 or 1300s. I can't remember the exact date. I just read oh. a book about it. Uh, he went on to be quite an unpleasant, uh, not very well regarded king. But he was the king of England. And yes. he was the only King Stephen. Or Stephen King. He got hit by a truck
3: at that, didn't he? What? Stephen King? He got got run over, didn't
0: he? He Badly got hit by a truck.
3: But he's fine?
0: Yeah, I think it did him quite some damage. I mean, that's not all he's done. (laughs) 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 I was just trying to make him look like the
3: less... I, not to get too political, I would never want to be king of anything. I think if you want leadership, then that... Uh, in any party, that's not party specific. I think it means you're probably a very dangerous, weird person, mm. and I would rather be Stephen King because he's an excellent writer. Yeah, imagine my book, but with a Stephen King twist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of twists in it. I think it's it's you know, it's a. It's a, a I, I highly recommend the book. It's uh, very enjoyable and very uh, you know. I think I, I just I'd love the honesty. I think, but I think that's it. Is comedians are very honest. Yeah. And you know that's that can be their their downfall as well. I guess that they are, but it, but in a sense, if you're that honest, I don't think there's much that anyone can do to you because I think you there's not much that you're leaving out.
3: I don't think so. No, I've done some only legally. Well, <laughs> to
0: protect the I've gotten others. really
3: good since actually since my first appearance on this <laughs> podcast. I think I slagged off an actual child and might have used her name. Okay. <laughs> But that's because at that time, no one was really listening to me. And I thought what was funny was that a then very young, kind-looking mother would slag off a child. That, to me, was the joke. I thought, you never slag off a child. I'll slag off this child. And by the way, she kind of deserved it. But (laughs) um, I like that child. I have a lot of respect for her. But then her parents listened to her podcast (laughs) and confronted me in the school gates. And were like, oh, you've immortalized that story about our child. I was like, whoops. (laughs) And that was the first time I realized, oh, because again, I don't actually want to hurt people. No, I went, like, so. oh, I don't want to hurt people. I don't, shouldn't have done that. So then you had me back on the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I have since learned how to tell my authentic truth and protect other people. Yeah. So the lawyers really like me. I'm good at just hiding enough that <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's because it's not about exposing anybody else. No. So yeah, I'm really honest. And I love that about comedians. I think intimacy is my language of love. When I meet someone, you know, backstage we got straight onto the balls. <laughs> we did, <laughs> and I love that. I don't want to talk about it. Rained, today.
0: but then, again, you mentioned this in the book. I think with comedians, that is there is a shorthand with comedians, and there is this. You do just. You sometimes you don't see someone for ten years, yeah. and you just slip back into immediately talking about something consequential at least or interesting is no, there isn't small talk with comedians no. and they do seem to we do seem to understand each other in that way like the way that dogs recognize each yeah. other <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like looking different they all know their dogs um, so yeah not saying all comedians are dogs
3: but... just the ones in my book <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: um so what was i going to ask to ask you about next that is my good question oh look so you, know, you say, you say it in the book right very early on that you're, you don't think you're a good actor. No.
2: Nope.
0: But you are a good actor. You've acted in things. You're very good in The Duchess. I know you're sort of like a little bit of a version of Captain Ryan, but not, yeah. not, not, not exactly, though.
3: I think playing a version of yourself is different from being an actor. Okay. And I think if you're a proper dramatic actor, I'm really frightened of those people. I feel like they're just trained liars. They might as well be spies. I feel like they should be punished. <laughs> And did you read the bit about the dramatic actor who wanted to play the game? Oh, God, this actor was like, oh, shall we play a game? And he's a really big actor in Hollywood. And uh, we had some mutual friends. And I basically was like, no, I don't want to play whatever fucking game. (laughs) And then he's like, "Uh, the game is, you just say the first thing that you think. You just... Something pops into your head and you say it. And then the next person goes and they just say whatever comes into their heads. And then the third person, this is an amazing game that I play with my actor friends. And I was like, <laughs> ah, I thought it was so scary. He thinks acting like being a person is a game. Because <laughs> I, and I saw, um, who was it? The Twilight girl. Is, there, is she called Kristen. Kristen Stewart. Yes. See, lockdown. I don't know anything anymore. I think I have long COVID and a newborn. But um, she said, "Oh, if they said you're getting time off soon, that's nice." And she said, "No, if if no one gives me a script, I don't know who to be." And I thought that was so sad and creepy. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I think I think there is that with the really good actors, there is almost the sort of absence of them. Right. And I think you have, and it's, I think that's the difference between... And I think comedians can be actors and actors can be comedians and it's not true of all actors. But I think you have to be... To be a professional actor and to do that job all the time, I think you have to be... There has to be... You have to be able to sit around doing nothing for a lot of time, for a start. Yeah. And be happy with that. So there's got to be... There's just... Maybe it's just everything beneath, behind the face is missing. Maybe that's what I'm saying.
3: That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> They'll like that. I was going to say it's like a compliment. It means yeah. they're good at their craft. <laughs> but then the way you said it, not a
0: compliment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there's a couple of bits that, in the book that really uh, that I thought was interesting. I thought you're talking about, see, I think you watch a video of yourself as a kid or you'd, remind, you'd be just being funny as a kid and you talk about yeah. as an adult trying to recapture... Being an adult comedian is almost trying to recapture what was funny about you as that as that unfettered funniness of being a child when you're not worried about anything.
3: Yeah, I was such a good comedian when I was 10. Yeah, And I didn't realise I was being political. Um, I was really baffling everyone in the room. We were little French children. My parents sent me to a French school, kind of like a prank. And um, we had to do these poems and all the children... The, the, I wanted to be like them. I wanted not to be problematic. I wanted to be sweet and do a good poem. But anytime I got a chance to speak in front of people, I was like, this is the message they need to hear. So I did uh, des baisers. I was French-Canadian, so it's going to sound a lot like Celine Dion. But I was like, des baisers, des baisers, encore des baisers, un gros baiser mouillé de la voisine d'à côté, un baiser plein de rouge à lèvres de la gardienne Marie-Ève, un baiser sur le front. de And I was telling like all these people who I was made to kiss, and I was ranting about, like, why do you have to kiss the babysitter, and why do you have to kiss your <laughs> uncle, and why, and then I'm, like, um, telling parents, don't force your kids to kiss strangers, and at the end, I was, like, seulement quand j'ai envie, compris, and that means only when I want to, understand, and I already had my little, like, sass, because I was angry, serious, and then at the end, I go, seulement quand j'ai envie, compris, Merci. <laughs> <laughs> I did this little, like, oh, but I'm just so cute. I'm 10. And I've always done that. And I lost my way for a while, but I was just really good when I was 10. I yeah. would love to get that shot.
0: But I think that's maybe the, is the sort of... Is it, maybe that's what we're all trying to do to, to an extent. And maybe that's when you become... Not entirely, because some comedians are horrible f- filth buckets, and yeah. you wouldn't be exactly that as a kid. But, but well, like doing my puppet show, I mentioned to you backstage, where I do this thing with ventriloquist dummies... It, and it's improvised, and it, and it works when I completely switched myself off, basically, so that yeah. I don't know what's coming. And, you know, you, you enter that, the, where the subconscious thing is, where it's taken over. And so you are having a conversation with another entity without... And, it's, and there's a sort of, it, it reminds me of, of what I was like as a kid, you know, it's a similar sort of thing. And there is this, again, pressure, I suppose, through your teen years and through your 20s to conform and you push pushed one way and pushed another. And it's sort of I just found it interesting the idea of uh, comedy being an attempt to recapture
3: yeah,
0: ch- something about that pure essence of comedy in a child.
3: There's a real honesty in a yeah. child, especially a child like that, like you or like <laughs> me.
0: Yeah.
3: We had something to say. We needed to say it. But
0: you have you you were an extremely bright child though. Um, like well your mum's in your mum's section of the book she yeah. talks about you being able to count to twenty when you were like a year old, which is pretty impressive.
3: But she and was annoyed that I wasn't assigning numbers to the things. So yeah, but she,
0: because she didn't know that kids, the one and a half year old kids, yeah. were meant to do that. So you were talking in sentences very quickly and you were counting and, so you're, you're a very brainy, like that's a child, that's child genius levels, I would say.
3: I think I just got a lot of attention right. when I was really small. A lot of one-on-one attention. And then that all went away. So my mom can <laughs> say that now and be very smug about what a smart baby I was. But then I became a really dumb young woman for a while. Yeah. I did, so it's fine.
0: Well, I think you maybe pretended to be a dumb woman. I don't mm. think you ever, you're, you're, you know, you, you sort of hide your light under a bushel. You're saying backstage, I think, something about it. Being, I think you compared the book to sort of a, something written by a reality TV person.
3: Well, it? I, And I mean that in it a good way. Though,
0: but no, they wouldn't use the word ameliorate, would they, in their book? So that <laughs> you just casually toss in there.
3: But I like a mix of high <laughs> and low media. I'm not snobby about stuff like no. that. I like um, a reality star book in the same way that I... I, no, I sure. like your smart stuff. I sure. like it all.
0: Yeah. But I think... You, but are you... I don't know, it just feels like you're... I think that's all fine, and you don't have, you know, you don't have to show, your, show how clever you are. But you are very, very clever.
3: I don't think I am anymore. I've lo- like, in terms of uh, the velocity of, like, I was way ahead of babies when I was a baby. And then I went to the Playboy Mansion, and I did stupid things, and I got dumber. And now I've leveled off.
0: But also, it was a, it was a, it, there was a smartness behind that, and an understanding behind that. And you were always into that. You know what I like about you is you've stayed as a stand-up comedian. You're still touring, and you're just yeah. embarking on a new tour. So you haven't left that behind. But you've embraced what TV is now, which and, mm. and fit into what TV is now. So you've done sitcoms, which is great. And you, but you're also doing your more reality TV stuff yourself. Which but you were always into that as well.
3: Yeah, that because, comes from really authentically. Yeah. Place, so so you.
0: You, you, and you loved the Kardashians before anyone in the UK knew the Kardashians were. Thank
3: you. <laughs> and I tried to make my first Edinburgh show, Kardashians the musical. Um, well, my first show, you didn't see my musical show, did you, in Edinburgh? Know. No, I, I knew Katie already, but I don't know if you did.
0: <laughs>
3: um, I had, my first Edinburgh show was a musical <laughs> because I always liked musicals. And I also thought no one would want to listen to me speak for an hour. But I ended up doing a musical about being in pageants when I was young. But what I really wanted to do was Kardashians, the musical. And I remember my tour promoter was like, nobody knows who they are, Catherine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so frustrated that no one here knew who their Kardashians were. Because I really wanted to talk about them and connect. And now everybody knows. Yeah. So like, yeah, yes, I'm a bit of a... Connoisseur of shit TV, thank you. And you were trying
0: as a you were in Canada, you were trying to get on the you did a dating show in Canada. You yeah. about, which you'd now sort of come full circle because your latest is called Ready to Mingle. Is it some is that the name? Ready yeah, to it's mingle. called Ready to Mingle. Ready to Mingle, yes. So it's, what's ready to Ready to Mingle is the latest is this Netflix as well? No, no. this
3: is on ITV Hub right oh, okay. now. You can watch it all. Okay. There is a very confident hero single girl, Sophia, and there are twelve hot boys in the house and she has to decipher which are single and which are coupled up with a partner and they're all vying for her love and if she chooses a single one they split 50k if she chooses a one in a relationship he and his partner get 50k Right, so it's fun and yeah. it's about trusting your intuition finding you know who's genuine in life spotting authenticity I like it
0: yeah well it's a very it's, it's a very Catherine Ryan show because it's you know, it's got that level. It's got the, well. It's like your face or mine was that similar mm. sort of thing, wasn't it? Where it's about it's the game yeah. more than anything else. It's the game of you know, am I going to admit my partner is less attractive than my ex partner in order to win money, <laughs> or am I going to lie <laughs> and uh, not win the money? Yeah. Uh, but I guess
3: I'm always pushing people to tell the truth.
0: Yeah, but then but it also fits in with again with you, you know, sort of being having been in relationships where you've failed to spot the the idiot.
3: Oh, for
0: sure, yeah, yeah, but I think because you have you know because you're so invested in it, and there is you know this kind of TV, and when the reason it's taken off is because people love it and mm. and, people, and there's a cleverness to it that that's beyond you know if people dismiss it, they're not seeing the the intrigue and cleverness behind it. It was when that first when Big Brother first started, yeah, it, you kind of went, this is a phenomenal show because of the levels that are going on in it, which I think the good reality TV stuff still does but it's hard because there's so much of it right there. there's <laughs> so, a lot now
3: yeah do you watch any do you watch love island uh, i've
0: sort of given up i used to i did in the early 2000s i kind of watched a few things but yeah i don't it feels it does feel like a waste of time after a while
3: it's fine to unplug from it and yeah. um a lot of the contributors are very clued up now yeah. so it doesn't have its pure innocence that it once had yeah but that's why i liked ready to because i felt like it was, it was it was more honest than a lot of the others okay
0: Cool. Uh, and what's your new tour? Uh, is it called Misses? Yes. What, is, is it about being married? Is that the, is that the, the hook or is it? Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I am someone's wife now. But also, um, I thought, I, I mean, Misses, I had this uh, idea for the set and the stage and everything. We'd have these big letters and at the end they would split apart a little bit and it would be like Miss, Us, and I'm, I kind of am mourning the relationship that just my daughter and I had when it was us. But we didn't have the budget for that, right? Really, so... <laughs> um, yeah, it's both. It's like misses, and it's miss us, and it's, it's miss... It's just about what's been going on yeah. the last two years. And I'm finding it very difficult to write a stand-up now because a lot of people are sad. And a lot of it's like too soon, isn't it? What, are you going to go out? <laughs> so everyone's Nana's dead? It's really bad. <laughs> and... There's a lot of uncertainty. That and seemed like a good response <laughs> <Yeah>. to, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> to that material. I don't, know what, I don't want to nudge you towards that, but that's like a, that seemed like that might be the way to go. That's the way people are going to cope with it.
3: This crowd hates their nanas. But that's what
0: that's what comedy... And you talk about that as well. That's what comedy's for, is yeah. when you've been... And you talk about various... Uh, you know, you talk about your miscarriage and how a friend making a joke about it was, was one of the healing things yeah. about it. Because, you know, the right... Context and the right person, the right time—you can joke about everything. I think, you know, and and you sort of have to joke about everything a little Mm. bit as well, because there's a healing aspect to it as long as it's done, as long as it's coming from the right place. So that's so that's why taking a line out of context or not understanding. Right You know what, what and that's the danger of saying things in the wrong place, but in a comedy you know club or in a theater where people are coming to see you mm-hmm. they'll they'll know what they're, ex- they're going to get and they'll yeah. know who you are and I think you'll have a fantastic time i mean there's enough stories in the in the book you've fought off burglars and
3: yeah, my husband threw a burglar out the window and yeah yeah, he came in our house while we were home and burgled us. It sucked, and he was wearing a mask, a skeleton mask pre pandemic right. He was very forward thinking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now you see masks all the time, and they're yeah. not scary, but it was really scary in our house.
0: Yeah, but how do burglars cope with that now that everyone's got it? I know. How do you, can you tell I'm a mugger and a burglar?
3: It's uh, their thing. It seems to have happened
0: to you a lot. You seem to be kind of the victim of crime quite a lot. I mean,
3: survivor of crime. I yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I've been mugged a lot, but yeah. but again, I've been stupid a lot. Just um, have my guard down, walking around the planet like doo doo going to the Playboy Mansion and doing things. Anytime I was mugged or burgled, I just didn't have my wits about me, but I have wits now. And um, I think I've been mugged a regular London amount. Okay. How many muggings? Three in the book? And then one guy tried yeah. to get in my house, but I think he was lost. I lived in a church. <laughs> <So> <laughs> one guy
0: got in your house, and one guy, one guy tried to get in your house. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I had my phone stolen out of my hand. That's the only time.
3: <gasps> by some youth or a Yeah, by
0: a guy on a bike. So I, I, but again, you know, as comedians, we get, I had a Hitler mustache It was at the time because I was doing my oh, show Hitler no. mustache. So I know that I had to be driven around in a police car looking for, for a black man who'd stolen my phone. No. Um, they didn't oh. say anything about the moustache, the police, but they treated me with a level of respect that I've never had before. Oh. So, so yeah, as a comedian, all these, but we were saying this backstage. As a comedian, anything that happens to you is sort of is fair game, and even you know, it's there's 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 something there, even if it is just. I mean, I think with your podcast, which I think has you know, it's touched a lot of people, and people have have. have Really got into it because you've because you've just been very open. You talk about your, as you do in the book. You talk about your miscarriage uh, and just very openly.
3: Miscarriage plural.
0: Miscarriages. As you <sighs> so um, you know, and but that's the power of think of being a comedian. You can treat things seriously as well and and take a serious subject and 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 people will listen because they're used to listening. You talk about other stuff, but, but it,
3: have, books and podcasts are good for that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I didn't have the um, trust in people to talk about more serious, earnest things. And this lockdown has definitely done that. I think everyone thought I was sort of this little mini Joan Rivers and I was really mean. Um, and that I let them think that I don't really care. Yeah. I really don't. And then now with the podcast and that type of connection with people with the book, the pro- the chapter about my husband is like a rom-com and like, oh, Catherine, you're so soft. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, I'm the same. I just, at the Apollo it's no place for being like, oh, and I really believe this. You just have to be bam, bam, bam. Sure. So I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, I didn't. this it's it's a very impressive career. and It's a very impressive journey. And it's not like you like set out and thought this. You know, th- I think things happened and you worked out where to go yeah. and what and where you were going to go. And it wasn't like a plan. But you know, you have created this. You're you're a businesswoman as well as a comedian, you know, and you understand your business and you understand what you have to be in order to make that go. But yeah, it's but there's people are are ready to see the real Catherine Ryan as well as the Uh, as the
3: The real Catherine Ryan's in a surgeon's bin, Richard. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing I haven't had any plastic surgery on my face at all, but I just la- I keep making jokes about it. Like I can't be buried at sea, right? Now. I just turn really camp. I turn into my mom sometimes.
0: But that's you know that, that's the natural comedian in you. And it's about and comedy is about making people laugh and it is about yeah. doing jokes and and you know people trusting you if you're if you're doing a joke about something that's yeah. inappropriate. And if if you like the that's what Barry Cryer always said. Not on this podcast when he was on the other week, but if you like the person who's telling the joke it's okay yeah and if you don't like them it's you can a good person you like can sort of say and just as you are with friends you know you can
3: yeah there's context though and nuance and i feel sad for my daughter's generation that they don't they don't there's not seems to be as much of that going forward but i love i love playing with that space and trusting people in context and We'll see. We'll see. This a, is the Catherine Ryan's
0: cancel story. <laughs> I don't. Well, I, you know, I'd be, I'd, I'd be amazed.
3: I got some you. spicy opinions I'd about the vaccine, Richard. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you go that way, we we might get cancelled. <laughs> if you, but but also in the book, there's another bit early on where you talk about um, not care, you know, not caring about what other people think, which you just touched on there. But I think that is your power. It's the I think it's that understanding. I think as a as a as a younger person, I kind of if someone didn't like what I was doing, I was, I'd be going why, why why you know why don't you like me and I think it's the realization again with age that uh, but I think you always realize this that nobody is liked by you know you say in the book you don't like everyone <laughs> you know so why are you worried about everyone liking you yeah but if you can overcome that and genuinely not be bothered about people not liking it.
3: I have long had a very peaceful understanding that we all like different things and that's okay. And I feel like when someone dislikes me, they're entitled to dislike me. I don't feel any sense of effrontery from that. And I think we can all use that, whatever industry you're in. Like people, I think I say people are going to talk shit about you in the office, at school, in Variety magazine. They just (laughs) will. And Samantha Jones in a Series 5 episode of Sex and City says, if I cared what every bitch in New York said about me, I'd never leave the house. And it's like, there are people who aren't going to like you. I didn't realize that people didn't know and accept that. And it's not an age thing always because I think, again, even my mother struggles with, you know, that. I try to teach... You know, this book is as much for anyone, but for my mother as the young women who listen to me, I just want everyone to live with kind, thoughtful, generous, reckless abandon. Because, you know, it's not about being loud or mean. It's just... Like, we're going to die.
0: <laughs> so you might as well
3: do everything that you want. And who cares if someone likes it?
0: And I, but I also think that a lot of the power of the people, of the trolls or whatever the people say the mean stuff, is that they assume, you know, that when I get a tweet from someone going, I don't think you're funny, you go, okay.
3: Yeah, fine. yeah.
0: <laughs> Their power is like, yeah, but I don't like you. I don't like this stuff. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, as long as someone else, as long right. as... You're not it's not everyone who doesn't like me. Just don't look don't see don't bother watching my stuff. It's pretty easy to avoid. And uh, the people
3: who dislike you, some of them are having fun regardless. Yeah. Some people really love to take offense. Yeah, of course. And they really like to get angry. They've got a special person at Ofcom that they speak to. They're like, Linda, it's me again. <laughs> and like, let them have that whatever version of joy in their lives. <laughs>
0: Well, it's, uh, it's lovely to see you again, uh, Catherine, and uh, I, I have to recommend everything that you're doing, um, the uh, Telling Everybody Everything, which is, you know, it, you are sort of an agony aunt in this, you know, you, you're actually literally getting emails from people and yeah. and just uh, very honestly giving them your opinion on them, And it, but it's... But it is lovely and and the the one I was listening to on the on the drive here there's like a thirteen year old a couple oh, of the thirteen yeah. year old and teenagers had got in touch about various things and just to have you respond to that and say something sensible about it, which always will be is so lovely and Good. Um, and so that's a lovely podcast which you should all listen to, and those gusto ads really work because I couldn't work <gasps> out why my wife had. Suddenly started getting in an a gusto, and then I said, Ah, because she's been listening Gusto's to this. Gusto's delicious, cat. though,
3: isn't it? Do you love it? Well, you can say what. What
0: if they sponsor my podcast down there? I think it, it, the food is really good. I, it's it, it's nice, but it's um, there's too much packaging. So I oh, think. What do you
3: think? Yeah. That, oh, that's helpful. I'll feed that back. Okay. Because you know, I think I'm not supposed to talk badly about any other recipe box no. companies officially, but I, I've tried a few. I think they're trash. <laughs> and people will say to me, "Oh, I've tried Recipe Box." It's like, no, it's not any other. Gusto's actually delicious.
0: It's and what I liked about it. Oh god, this I have accidentally turned into an an advert for Gusto that I'm not getting paid for.
2: You might yours Richard, are definitely you might. well.
0: I like, but it's nice to see. You know, you work out. How it's it's a very easy way to learn how to cook stuff. I thought, you know, I made some uh, like. Prawns with like bro- bread comes on them, and I never knew how to do that. Yeah. It's really easy. So, teach it. But I always find cooking quite like magic. And when I've been cooking cakes with the kids and stuff, I still can't quite get over the fact that that lump of fucking rubbish turns into a cake. Yeah. And I, every time we do it, I go, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always okay. So, uh, don't, uh, well, if, if, uh, Ian Gusto. I won't say anything bad about it. I'll take that bit out about the packaging.
3: No. Mo- yeah, it's, most,
0: it's mostly recyclable, but there's bits of it. There's like an egg comes in a fucking cardboard box.
3: All right, taskmaster, yeah. champion of champions. <laughs> How would you like to send an egg to someone? Bring, then,
0: bring your, buy your own egg. Get a box of eggs before you do it. It's true. It's, that is recyclable, that bit. so it's okay. Um, and, uh... The the uh, the to uh, mingle. Watch the Duchess. It's fantastic. Uh, there's no more of that coming out, though.
3: No, that's a shame. That's okay. Jimmy Carr once said to me, um, "Not wanting something is the same as getting it." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know. But it's. I think it's. It's terrific that you're. You're doing all these things in absolutely different aspects of, of yeah. the of show business and, and making them all work. So, do a stand up tour and a stand up show on Netflix and a, and, a, and a sitcom on Netflix and all, these other, the, all the other shows you're doing and the podcast. You're, doing, you're absolutely doing everything in every. And you're working very hard. You seem to be. You were editing your book three hours before you had your yeah. second child. Yeah. And you were back to work very, very quickly. 10 days. That's insane. <laughs> don't work too hard
3: I'm I'm starting to lose it actually it's too much Yeah, I was running on adrenaline when Fred was born I started working when he was 10 days old and that was cool and now he's 16 weeks old so like three and a half months whatever and I'm a bit like Ugh, I really timed this newborn badly <laughs> um, it's, it's tough even yeah. when you're me it's tough and when I say me I mean I have many privileges and I have a stay at home dad and I have all these things but it's like oh my god is really tough. You can't have it all, basically.
0: No. I mean, you do, you're doing an insane amount of stuff and some of the human beings that you're creating with your body.
3: Well, annoyingly, I want to raise him myself. Yeah. And I had a nanny one day and she was like, can't believe you've done this all by yourself. You know, they're like trained to get booked again by lavishing praise upon you.
2: <laughs> She's like,
3: oh my God, 10 weeks and you've done it all yourself. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm 38. <laughs> I mean, I can do it, but I can't do it. It's, it's hard. It's Yeah, so, and I don't know how I did it when I was 25 and alone, but I guess I had more energy <gasps> oh, and less work. And I have long COVID, Richard. I know. It's, I think. How do you know?
0: You've all got it now as well, because you've
3: sat. No, you can't catch long COVID off someone. Okay. Do you guys have long COVID? Anyone? No.
0: I mean, how do you tell the difference between long COVID and having a 16-week-old baby? Though That's the, that the big question.
3: This sounds like a setup for my new tour. <laughs> how do you tell the difference between... Thank you, Richard. You can have it. Oh, thanks.
0: You might have to write a punchline for it, though. That's the problem with that. <laughs> so anyway, all this fantastic stuff. The book is very much worth your time. The audio book, as always, I recommend audio books because they're a very, very lovely way to ingest it, but you get that extra bit from your mum. Which is oh. worth, the, worth the license for your loan. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give a big round of applause to the amazing Catherine Ryan. Thank you, Thank you. We'll be back next week. Hang around. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Catherine Ryan. Thank you to Scant Regard for playing this music. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm indebted to Chris Evans, not that one. And everyone from the Go Faster Strike team and everyone at the Les Square Theatre, thank you very much for having us. Uh, research is by Kathleen McKeegan. Uh, this is a sky potato fuzz and go faster production please sponsor me for my run that i'll have probably done by now at the time you hear this maybe not just giving.com slash monoball and become a monthly badger at go faster slash badges you know you've been meaning to do it now do it
2: off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: Thanks again for listening to the podcast. richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstrike.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your
2: friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.